From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Thank you so much for inviting me into your home, your long-haul truck, uh, your caravan, your RV, your earbuds, however you're listening in and wherever you're listening in. This is The Conspiracy Show, and it's a program dedicated to searching for truth. We never claim to find it necessarily, but at least we ask the right questions. I like to think so anyway. Uh, we're not doing an HOA this week, but we will start up again next week. Uh, I do want to thank Albert, my um, um, story producer, who's been doing such a great job with the HOAs, working on the show, booking shows, working on the website, uh, also helping out with the development of the uh, the app, and I'll tell you about that, uh, more about that in, in just a second. And uh, uh, thanks to Tim Spreen, of course, my technical producer, uh, very capable, unflappable, always... Uh, Doing a tremendous job on the uh, the audio board and answering the phone calls, Eric the intern, of course, uh, also doing yeoman's duty. I'm so blessed uh, to have uh, such a great team working with me here on the Conspiracy Show, and uh, also Moses Nimer uh, here at Zoomer, very supportive, and uh, Chris Whitting and the whole team at Syndication Network. The uh, Conspiracy Show app I just mentioned, it's almost ready. And we'll make a formal announcement when you'll actually be able to download the app uh, to your Android or your iPhone or your tablet. And then you can take The Conspiracy Show wherever you go. It has, I have to tell you, some amazing features. I am blown away by this app. Very excited. I've seen nothing like it. And a special thanks goes out to Sharon Forster, the uh, the app developer. What a great lady. And uh, she's very talented. Uh, you know, I, I look around what's going on in the world, and I hear the British Prime Minister, David Cameron, say things like this, that conspiracy theorists, that would be me and you, I suppose, conspiracy theorists are just as dangerous as ISIS. He actually said that. Now, he seems like a decent enough fellow, Cameron. Uh, for example, I really enjoyed his recent Easter message when he had the courage to uh, stand up and announce that Great Britain is a Christian country. Um, but when the Prime Minister of England, or Great Britain, says conspiracy theorists are just as dangerous as ISIS, I have to wonder how someone so incredibly dim can end up at number 10. He can't be that dim. No, I suspect not. Cunning like a wolf, methinks. Uh, the point is, Mr. Cameron is not alone in thinking that conspiracy theorists, non-violent conspiracy theorists, are somehow a threat, just as much a threat as terrorists. A number of members of the U.S. Senate, for example, have said similar things. Janet Napolitano, the former secretary of the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, the former governor of Arizona, uh, who essentially believes anyone who doesn't agree with President Obama is a right-wing extremist. Anyone who supports the Second Amendment, even though, uh, or I, as I do, even though I'm not an American. Anyone who believes that gold is money. Anyone who believes that gold is money and not the useless Federal Reserve notes. Anyone who stores food reserves or badmouths the government in some kind of way is a, is a homegrown terrorist. What I'm saying is I, I can't promise you this program or programs like it will necessarily survive or be around for much longer. We are living in an age when asking too many questions will get you on a no-fly list, or worse. So listen, enjoy, while you still can. Wow, that's pretty dark and gloomy. 
Well, forewarned, forearmed. Uh, I have a young woman on the line here in uh, from here in Toronto. Erin Janice asks a lot of questions. She's a self-described survivor of our public education system. Amen to that. She's a popular blogger, videographer. In fact, many of her videos about food and water, chemtrails, social engineering, human rights have gone viral. Erin Janice, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Very well. Thank you. Wow, you have um, 30,000 subscribers uh, to your to your videos and uh, your articles. Tell me a little bit about uh, your your blog and your and your online videos. Well, my blog and my online videos are a work in progress, but um, the direction I'm moving towards with it and the inspiration that I have to make my videos um, is a combination of basically a quest for truth that I've embarked upon after being really unsatisfied with my experience in the standard education system growing up and then really kind of let down by the standard health system, our healthcare system, and just socially really unsatisfied and depressed with with society. And I just started to ask the questions, why? Why don't I fit in? Why are people depressed? Why am I depressed? Why are things so off? And... I'm still learning and growing, but my online videos and articles aren't aren't so much something that could fit into mainstream. I tend to talk about a lot of controversial su- controversial subjects, um, from health and wellness to human rights, animal rights, and a lot of the things that are basically hidden from society and not talked about because it either conflicts with the interests of big corporations, big agriculture, or the people and companies who are basically pulling strings and profiting off of our society, staying unaware and unempowered for the most part. And so um, my recent articles are exposing some common New Age misconceptions that I fell into during my quest for truth and just working towards empowering people to take back, to take back their power and to educate themselves and to not simply go through you know, life, feeling unfulfilled and not knowing why, I encourage people to question things and ask why and realize that there are answers and we can know the truth. Well, Aaron, you've uh, you've arrived at the right place because I like to think we do much the same here on the uh, the Conspiracy Show. Uh, now, I, I do want to delve into uh, some of the misconceptions about New Ageism, and I think you aptly point out there's nothing new about New Ageism. I mean, it's been around for millennia. Um, but before we do that, <clears throat> because I, I know that you uh, you talk a lot about uh, uh, fluoridation in the water, uh, you talk a lot about um, uh, GMOs, uh, chemtrails. Uh, these are, you know, three areas that that we cover on the program. And I wanted to start uh, with chemtrails with you, and just get your uh, a sense of of where you're coming at this from. Wh- what do you what do you suppose they, and we can discuss who they might be uh, at some point, but what do you suppose they are spraying? Well, from what I've researched and, and what I've learned, I can't identify exactly what it is, but there's enough evidence to say that it's a number of things, and it's not always the same kind of things, but definitely different chemical concoctions, which is why we call them chemtrails. Um, there have been reports based on analysis and appearance by chemists and scientists uh, and people who basically can't speak out in their fields or they'd be shunned and fired, uh, who think that there have been concoctions of of fungal, uh, different types of fungus being sprayed into the atmosphere, uh, molds, um, hazardous waste, um, 
different chemicals, aerosols, um, and there are many different hypotheses as to why they're spraying and what they're spraying, but there's no question about whether or not it's happening. Um, chemtrails are real, and whether you want to call it geoengineering, the you know modification of our atmosphere, or whether you want to call it poisoning of the population, chemical concoctions are being sprayed over the population, and it's a real issue. And the fact that it's still debated as to whether or not it's even chemicals is... Uh, and hazardous waste is it's scary. It's really, really scary because um, people don't want to think about it because it doesn't make them feel good. And that kind of ties into a lot of the New Age misconceptions that I've been recently talking about. And people need to take their blinders off and realize that just because something is horrible and awful and you don't want to believe it's true doesn't mean that it isn't true and doesn't mean that you should just close your eyes and, and, and you know, close off and plug your ears because that's not just making you feel better. That's actually failing our future generations and leaving them to have to clean up the mess and them to deal with the long-term consequences, which we don't even know what those are yet. Well, you're right about, uh, and I uh, indict the the mainstream media, media in particular uh, when it comes to chemtrails. And I always issue the challenge on the air that if uh, if there's a if, if there's a a newspaper person or a, a, a broad a news broadcaster out there who wants to win a Pulitzer Prize, they should do. Uh, something on the chemtrail issue because uh, the uh, the fifth estate or the fourth estate, whatever you want to call them, have an, uh, totally abandoned the playing field uh, when it comes to this issue. Uh, people look out the window, they see this strange crisscrossing uh, pattern on in what was a a beautiful blue uh, sky, and within moments it's overcast. Uh, they call the city mm-hmm. desk of the newspaper and. Uh, they get the, the phone slammed down. And I know people call me and they tell me what happens when they call the, the local news station. Uh, they just are not willing to countenance or even consider the possibility that there's something going on up there when the evidence, as you say, uh, is, is overwhelming. When, you have, when you've got aluminum and strontium being found in the soil in pristine wilderness areas like Mount Shasta, 10,000, 20,000 times normal levels. I mean, what... What other possibility could there be? Right. And, you know, there's there's things that people will do to debunk evidence like that and say, oh, that's just runoff from mineral deposits and that's that's natural aluminum in the soil. Regardless of whether or not certain studies or certain investigations may or may not turn out to be directed uh, related to chemtrails, the truth is chemtrails are being sprayed and it is affecting water, it is affecting soil, it is affecting the air that we breathe. And um, like you said, you know, people try to inform news stations and they try to get people in positions of authority to speak out about this. But uh, we would be naive to think that that would be allowed or that that could just slip by and, and make it to mainstream media because we have to understand that it's mainstream media is heavily controlled. Most of the really, really popular news stations that won't dare talk about this are owned by companies that are are huge, huge companies and corporations. A lot of them, you know, we we think it's the illusion of choice, and we think that we're watching a variety of news of popular news stations, but they're all owned by a very small handful of 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 companies. And the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA, um, we don't know what kind of ties that they have to this activity, chemtrails being sprayed. 
But we know that if it was some terrorist organization doing it, they would never, never get away with it. The security that we have in America and, and around the world is so it's so it's so high tech that there's no way that it's a mystery to the Central Intelligence Agency and a mystery to big companies and corporations uh, with with high security. There's no mystery about who's doing it or what's going on. So what we have to understand is that whoever's enforcing it and whoever's profiting off of it and whoever wants this to be happening, it's being hidden on purpose. And media stations are probably told and directed not to speak about it because that's what we see in all situations where, um, you know, big agriculture or big companies and corporations are benefiting from something. You don't hear it being spoken out against on mainstream media. That's the way it's designed. And mainstream media, I, I'm not afraid to say it, most of it is a big, fat distraction. Most of it is a big, fat distraction, and you'll find that people who have been tuning into mainstream media for most of their lives have no idea what's in their food, no idea what's really going on in society no idea how things are working, how their rights are being taken away, how their rights are being violated. They think everything's fine and dandy when it's not. We're living in times of, like, the worst destruction that has ever happened to our rainforests, to our water, to our health, to the air, to our food. And you tune into mainstream media, and you're going to hear some stupid, fluffy story about, you know, the local uh, fundraiser and, and, and the local fire in, in, in Susie Thompson's house. And it's like, get real. You know, there's no transparency in mainstream media, and we need to stop believing that there is. Because if there was, you'd be hearing about the fluoride in the water, you'd be hearing about the, the chemtrails, you'd be hearing about GMOs. There would be no debate about whether or not they, they are happening. The debate would be, why are they happening, what's in them, and what are the long-term effects. All right. Uh, Aaron Janis is with us, activist, online personality, singer, songwriter, over 30,000 subscribers. Her videos and articles shed light on topics including fluoridation, uh, human, animal, and environmental rights, spiritual rationality, social engineering, and chemtrails. We'll come back and discuss more with Aaron Janis. As the Conspiracy Show continues, don't go away. When in doubt, blame the government. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Uh, we're back with uh, Aaron Janis. Aaron, uh, give us a website. Uh, it's AaronJanis.com. All right. That's E-R-I-N-J-A-N-U-S.com. All right, and we've also linked up to your website at RichardSerrett.com. Just click on Aaron's name right there on the front page, and that'll take you right there. Uh, so... Um, the um, the why uh, in terms of the of the spraying. I mean, I have my my theories, um, but why do you think this? You know, we're being rained on with these aluminum uh, particulates, strontium particulates, uh, perhaps even some you know nanotechnology that may be involved in there. We can we can discuss more gallons in a moment if you'd like. But why do you think they, the perps, are doing this? I, I honestly can't say why exactly I think they're doing it, uh, but I know that control has something to do with it. Um, I don't know why exactly they may want to control um, or change or modify our atmosphere, um, but I know that as, as far as uh, control of the masses and keeping people dumbed down goes, there is so that is so prevalent in so many ways that... I believe that, that that would be a part of it. And 
you know, a part of me doesn't really want to say that because I'm worried about what people might think. Oh, that sounds crazy. What she's saying is crazy, but I kind of just have to accept that I'm on your radio show and that your viewers, most of them are not in the debate mode of whether or not it's happening or whether or not there's mind control prevalent in our society. So I just kind of have to let go of that fear of, of just saying what I think is happening because let's get real. Let's look around. There's, there's control and dumbing down of the masses in so many ways today. I don't see why spraying over a population would be, um, you know, a crazy hypothesis as to how to dumb a population down or to just weaken a population in general. Um, if you look at the structure of this society, the powers that be, they, they, they have the real power. And most people, most people on this planet live as slaves. And if we were, if, if the majority of people were healthy, happy, and conscious and aware and able to comprehend and understand what was going on and take control of their lives, society would be very, very, very different. Humankind would not be suffering to the degree that it is. Destruction would not be going on to the degree that it is. And the powers that be would not be in power to the d- degree that they are. Humans would be living... Um, the way that we should be, the way that we have the right to. And, I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. Spraying chemicals over a population is a crime against humanity. It's a, it's a crime to all life on Earth. And whoever is responsible, whoever is behind it, is is not is not at all. I, I, I don't even want to call them human because it's so psychopathic and sick to be doing that that I, I don't I don't even know how to comprehend what their agenda is, but I know the right. control has something to do with it. Well, I don't. I have no problem, uh, you know, believing that there are uh, people who uh, are able to do this. Uh, people in high places, and you mentioned, you know, psychopath psychopaths, and, and that's precisely uh, really who is in charge. You have to be. The world is geared in favor of the psychopath. Um, the psychopath rises to the top. The way our society is structured, it's by design. If and you cannot become, um, you know, you cannot be king of the hill unless you are a psychopath. Unless you're willing to step on people below you and do whatever, and that includes the current occupant of the White House. In order to get that position, you must have psychopathic tendencies. Right, and I don't, I don't remember who this quote is from, but it's something along the lines that it's not power that is what is corrupt, but that it's magnetic to the corruptible. And so within the structure of our society, how it's designed to have, you know, authority figures and, and people in power and people without power, um, it's, yeah, you're right, people who, the psychopaths are drawn to that position. They, from a young age, psychopaths, some, some psychopaths who are born that way, they're drawn to controlling and and they they climb their way up, and and that's where we're at, and that's what we're dealing with. Right, and 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 also, I mean, I, I've I've been very public about this. I, I happen to be a Christian, so and I believe that you know Satan rules this world. That's that's what the Bible tells us. It you know it is evil exists, and that's who's running the show here. So we shouldn't expect uh, anything less, really from the people who, who, who make it to the top. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, shift gears slightly, and this is another uh, huge area of interest for you. It's also 
very controversial, and that's genetically modified organisms, uh, GMOs. Uh, now, one of the, you know, we may, you and I may have a slight disagreement here. I think that there, I mean, we have been genetically modifying organisms for thousands of years. Uh, whenever you, you know, you, uh, my father used to graft um, one variety of rose onto another and create, you know, different colored roses. Some people well, do it with fruit that's, trees. That's hybridization. When we when we cross pollinate, that's hybridization. But genetic modification, which is going on now, is it's something that's quite different from that. As hybridization happens in nature, uh, has been for you know thousands thousands of years, and it's totally natural and normal to hybridize things and for things to cr- sort of cross pollinate and create something new. But in order to genetically modify the food the way it's being modified now. We're dealing with people in labs taking, you know, the genome of a pig, for mm-hmm. example, and yeah. putting it into something like a tomato. Okay. Let me ask you, though, about, and I, and I agree that there are, there are particularly those crops that are, that are referred to as Roundup Ready. This is huge. This is a huge red flag, obviously, because we are ingesting uh, these Roundup Ready plants, and, uh, you know, it's, it's been found in breast milk, and it's, it's a huge problem. But I find that... Um, it tends to be oversimplified that anything that's GMO is bad. Let me give an example of something, and maybe you can disabuse me of this notion. But I look at something like uh, tiger rice, for example. Now, blindness in uh, children in the developing world is huge because of, you know, they're not getting vitamin A. Uh, so now you have tiger rice, which has been genetically modified. It's producing, genet- the plant is producing vitamin A, and now you have a chance of, you know, impeding blindness with children through this genetically modified crop. Obviously, rice is a huge staple in the developing world. How do you feel about something like that? Well, I feel if there's a way to genetically modify something in a safe and effective way to, you know, enhance the vitamin A content of rice, for example, if there's a safe and effective way to do that, I don't see why anyone would be against it. But it's just that Monsanto and the leading companies who are genetically modifying foods they're not transparent about what they're doing and how they're doing it. And a lot of the times the studies that we see about its safety or its effectiveness or, you know, uh, how GMOs are not having a bad effect on bees or GMOs are not actually requiring more pesticides when they do, um, they're funded. You know, these, these, the pro-propaganda for, for genetic modification is funded by the companies that are creating the GMOs. And... What we're seeing is that when people are eliminating GMOs from their diet, they're, they're having, their, their health is improving. And another issue is you cannot reuse genetically modified seeds. So it's destroying our heirloom variety of food, which can be reused over and over and over again through generations. And I just, I don't feel safe or comfortable with companies that are tied to so many injustices. A Monsanto, for example, if you just do a 10-minute Google search on, on some of the ties to corruption and just total uh, criminal activity that, that this company has involved itself in and, and the violations towards farmers and the, the, uh, well, I, the environment. I, you'll, under, you'll forgive me if I have to jump in there and, and throw in a few alleged, 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 because it would be irresponsible of me not to. It's, the criminal activity is alleged. However, and the corruption is alleged. However, 
you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you that there, you know, Monsanto has huge issues in terms of transparency. Whenever we have, I believe, the present food czar in the United States uh, is a is a former Monsanto exec. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's very problematic. Um, now, the Terminator seeds, I don't believe actually have, have come on market. They're, they're, they are researching the idea of a Terminator seed, but I don't believe at present they're available, or am I wrong? Um, I'm, you know, I'm not exactly sure. So I'm not idea, exactly sure. The, yeah, the idea is that uh, you would, uh, you'd buy a seed, you'd have to buy this, the farmer would have to buy the seed from Monsanto or Dow, which is also into this game now, uh, and but then that crop would grow and it wouldn't produce seeds. In other words, it's a Terminator so that you would have to keep going back to Monsanto each year. Obviously, uh, typically a farmer would hold back a number of seeds each year so he could replant. But if you're growing their product, you're not able to do that because the plant isn't producing new seeds. That's the idea at some point in the future. I don't think we have Terminator seeds yet. Uh, you know, rue the day when that comes. Uh, oh, but maybe, maybe I should have phrased myself better. Um, the... Yeah, there, there is no commercialized Terminator seed from Monsanto. Monsanto yet, but the the genetically modified seeds that they that are used, it's with all the pesticides that are required to uh, continue using them. For example, many GMOs require more Roundup or are suggested to use more pesticides right. in their yielding. That that poses issues for uh, for long term successful farming when we're constantly destroying our soil, destroying the content of our soil, and like when people refer to GMOs as Franken Franken food, Franken seeds, I agree. Like I, I simply I don't I don't trust the long term effectiveness of simply genetically modifying our food. I don't trust it. I don't think and I don't think their interests are, are good. I don't think it's for the for the good of the people. And I, I have yet to find when a multi million dollar company whose goal is profit and who you know, who have just caused so many issues. I, I have yet to find a huge corporation that is in it for the people and not for the profit. And when we're dealing with the food that's going to feed millions and that pe- millions are going to rely on and we're dealing with profit, that's so dangerous. Well, that's where the I, GMOs I are, are losing the game in terms of uh, the efficacy. Uh, the uh, You know, Monsanto's motto was, you know, they're going to, they want to feed the world and, and they're, the philosophy was that, uh, you know, as the population grows, um, the only way we can feed the world is with GMOs because they, they would, they are claiming that the yield was so much better than traditional farming methods. But now we're finding out that has not borne out. It's not true. You do not get higher yields with genetically modified organisms or crops. Yeah, um, so score one for the traditional farmer, I guess. Yeah, um, and there's I, I like the thing is I don't like to simply jump on board with all conspiracy theories, but something that that is interesting to consider is there's some literature out there that can be accessed quite easily um, regarding Monsanto having ties or patents on aluminum resistant genes. And like we were saying before, with aluminum being a, a common uh, thing that would be in most chemical trails that are that are dumped into our atmosphere, 
um, it's interesting that there, you know, there may be ties financially as to why Monsanto may be for genetic modification, uh, for, for chemtrail spraying, uh, something that they can make a genetically modified seed that is resistant to that. That's true. Because if we think about the chemicals affecting our soil and depleting things and damaging, you know, damaging how we grow our food, if Monsanto can, and then our natural organic heirloom seeds aren't surviving or thriving, uh, Monsanto can just create something that's resistant to what they've been spraying. Exactly. It's the alkalization of the soil through the aluminum, and, and they are producing alkaline-resistant plants that thrive, actually, in that type of soil, whereas, as you say, the heirloom plants do not do well. And so there seems to be a, a cozy connection between chemtrails and uh, GMOs. We'll take a time out. Aaron Janis stays with us, activist, blogger, videographer, and uh, environmentalist, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Aaron Janis stays with us. Give us that website again, Aaron. It's just AaronJanis.com, and you can also find me on YouTube and Facebook. All right. Let's spend a few moments talking about New Ageism, and uh, you've got that squarely in your sights these days. Uh, what do you mean by, by New Ageism? By New Ageism, I mean the most recent sort of evolution of spirituality so to with the uprise of social media uh there's so many uh, spiritual gurus that we can follow and find online and watch their videos and read their books and when i first got into exploring the truth about you know the food we eat the fluoride in the water uh corruption in society i was also on somewhat of a spiritual path um, like many people who pursue truth. Uh, and I fell into what I would call the New Age movement. And it was wonderful. It was amazing. And I would, at the time, a few years ago, I would have considered myself a New Ager, being a young girl, just trying to figure things out, looking for my spirituality. And what I've learned is that a large part of the New Age movement is basically like a net. It's like a trap. And if you fall into it, it will absolutely greatly... Um, reduce your ability to expand your consciousness, expand your understanding, because there are a lot of half-truths and total delusions within the New Age movement that I believe have been put there via social engineering as another way to stop people from reaching their full potential and their full ability to take back control of our lives and of our humanity and of our society. And what you'll find in the New Age movement here, it's not, I'm not saying that everyone who's involved in New Age and spiritual practices uh, are not in, their, in are not in solid grounds. I'm just saying that there's a lot of there's a lot of crap out there that is simply not true that people run with, and that's what I found. And I try to speak out and raise awareness about that because if I didn't take the time to see past that and have the help of researchers and public speakers such as Mark Passio. I probably never would have reached the level of awareness I'm at now, and I would probably still be trying to change the world with my thoughts and by trying to manifest a better world instead of taking action towards a better world. Okay, give me a, a few examples. This is a shorter segment, so just give us a few examples of misconceptions regarding, or traps, as you say, regarding the New Age movement. Red flags. 
red flags, a big one is that there is no truth and that perception is reality and that there's no real way for us to discover the truth about things because it's all just too vast. Um, this is flat out delusional. And although many people believe it, I encourage people to explore that we live in a very personal way. Although we live in a vast universe, we are living in a personal way on this planet and the things occurring on this planet are very real. So not to get lost in the delusion that it's all just perception and that, you know, you create your reality with all of your thoughts. There's some truth to that, but that is in and of itself a trap if you don't have the logic to understand and differentiate between what is meant to be taken in one context and not applied to all things. Another one is what you resist persists. Something that's taught in the New Age movement more and more and more is that we need to stop resisting things and that resistance is a form of going against the flow of life. Um, and this is just simply untrue. It needs to be called out. People need to understand that we need to resist evil. We need to resist corruption. We need to have positivity and peace in our lives, but there also needs to be a balance. Uh, for example, activists like Martin Luther King, or if you could think of any of your favorite activists who have created great change in the world, it's because they had resistance to something that they were uncomfortable with and something that was unjust. Uh, there's just so much I could say about it, but another, a couple other things is that there is no right and wrong. Yeah, moral relativism. Moral relativism. What a joke. What a joke. Moral relativism in its roots is a satanic view. And when I say that, it doesn't really matter if if someone believes in Satan or not. Moral relativism is dangerous, and it allows people to create their own versions of what is right and what is wrong based upon their preferences. But the truth is we can define right and wrong actions, moral and immoral actions, and we need to stop believing the confused people who think that there is no right and wrong. It's, it's, you're absolutely right. This is a major bugaboo I have. Uh, and, and one of the problems I have with whether you want to call them New Agers who see the divine within or who are out-and-out out materialists, uh, as in atheistic, uh, they have no concept of right or wrong because they don't know where it comes from. Uh, and I'm talking about inalienable rights. And if you don't believe in a higher authority, a creator, whatever you want to call that your creator, if you don't accept that you get your inalienable rights from the creator, then everything, your rights become privileges bestowed upon you by humans. And they can be given and they can be taken away. And this is a major, major problem we're facing, particularly in this province, uh, where where people have lost they think if you if you talk to them about driving an automobile, oh that's a privilege. No, it's not. It's an the, the the right to transport yourself from one location to another is an inalienable right. Uh, and it's setting up a huge culture war, a generational culture war, people who have no concept where right and wrong comes from. We'll uh, take a time out. Aaron Janis is with us. Fascinating discussion, and we'll do more on the other side. The Conspiracy Show. The owners of the system are asleep. Now we can play. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Aaron Janis is uh, with us, and we're talking about uh, some of the red flags associated with uh, New Ageism. Uh, we have time for a couple more, and then we can, we can uh, move on, because you've got so many things to talk about. Okay, so a couple other things that you'll find within the New Age movement that are 
misconceptions, or you could even call them delusions, is to ignore the negative. Um, and I, I do have to credit Mark Passio, researcher and public speaker, for a lot of these points. Um, I discovered a lot of these delusions on my own, but he really solidified and explained that, you know, he's a, he, he calls out these things within the New Age movement, and he encourages people to spread the message and spread the awareness, and that's what I'm doing, uh, especially with what I've learned after I considered myself to be a New Ager for a while. Uh, another issue is to ignore the negative, because people in the New Age movement believe that what you focus on grows, and that if you put your attention on something that's negative, you're going to give your energy and your power to that thing, and it's going to grow like watering a plant. And like I said in my article, I don't know how else to say it, but that is delusional. Like, we need to be able to have the logic and reason to understand that, you know, as far as thought patterns go, if you're always thinking about horrible things, that's going to affect you emotionally, which can have an effect on you physically. But simply by being aware of injustices and horrors in the world, even, that doesn't give power to it. Being an activist and speaking out about it and raising awareness, that doesn't give power to an entity. In fact, it does the opposite. To be aware of what we're up against and to be aware of the injustices going on in the world make it harder for those things to continue because when people are aware and people have good hearts and they care, they do something about it and they demand change. They create change. They put their foot down. And the powers that be... And the dark forces that are controlling this planet right now, so many people aren't willing to accept that. And they can just go, go back to bed and, and think about ponies and rainbows. The dark forces that are controlling this world do not want people to think that it's a good idea to talk about what they're doing and expose injustice. They want people to believe that what you focus on, if it's negative, you give power to it. And that's not true. Exactly. Their, their greatest power over us is despair. When we start to despair uh, and give up and just accept everything, uh, like Howard Beale in Network in that immortal rant when he's talking about, we know things are bad out there, but just leave us alone in our living rooms with our steel-belted tires. Have you ever seen Network, Aaron? I have, I have. And, you know, to just paint the positive thing, you know, focus on the on the bright side. When we're looking at, like, injustices on levels that are so horrific, you can't paint it something that it's not unless you're willing to go into a delusional state of mind. Right. You can't look at something horrible and think about it in a positive way. You can't, you just can't do that. It, uh, uh, lack of awareness. It's, it's true. Lack of engagement in the world. Now, I, I don't want to sound like an old f a fogey here, and I know that every generation tends to harangue on the younger one. Uh, but, uh, this is something I'm, I've, I've been witnessing, uh, teaching part-time at a, at a community college. And that is, uh, uh, young people, very smart, very talented, uh, otherwise very capable, uh, walking around with their earbud, uh, buds and listening to their, uh, their, you know, their uh, iTunes and so forth. Uh, but that's, I mean, never before has there been a generation that has had the world at their fingertips with the technology, and yet at the same time, never have I seen a, dis a, a generation so disengaged from what's going on all around them. Given the state of the world, where are the protests? Where are the protest songs from the musical artists? Right. Well, that's just it. We're bombarded with 
we're bombarded with propaganda and what we see in the media. The thing is, media is raising this generation. I'm 20 years old now, and my generation and the generations being born now are being raised in part by the media. And so what they see successful people doing and what they see, you know, hear in mainstream music, see in mainstream media, that's, that's just how they operate. It's how their brain is being wired because we're introduced to media all the time at such a young age now. Uh, if they don't see activism and awareness as being, you know, what, what the norm is and what successful people do, they're not gonna, they're not gonna know how to do it. We're not taught in school how to think for ourselves. We're not taught how to think for ourselves at all. We're taught to simply listen to what we're told and what are we told? What are we told with what we hear coming out of most radio stations, in most newspapers, most magazines, billboards? Not much, not much of any importance at all. And I, unfortunately, the only reason that I'm aware of things that are going on is because I was so unhappy and I was suffering so much. And I, and I saw how things were so, you know, I, music didn't cut it for me. Putting my earbuds in my ears didn't cut it for me. I went to school and I was unhappy and things were off. I came home and I turned on the TV and I was unhappy and things were off. So I had to get to a point where all I was left to do was either get into addictions like most people do when they're unhappy or question why. And I, and I asked why and why and why, and there are answers. And they're not always pleasant, but pursuing truth is one of the only things we can do to change the world and to make it a better place. And it doesn't mean it's easy, doesn't mean it's not scary, but we need to do it if, if we want a better world. Well, you mentioned uh, how many young people fall into some sort of an addiction, and, and Marshall McLuhan, uh, you know, the greatest media mind ever, uh, talked about how technology, and you mentioned social media, which is part of the technology, that um, uh, does a number of things. One, it erases our identity. Two, it takes us out of our body. Uh, you know, we're online now, on average, young people, eight hours a day, eight hours a day in front of an i uh, a tablet or a, a, um, a laptop or an iPhone. Uh, and what happens is the, you know, we, we tend to leave, we leave our body. Our, our minds are out there in the ether. Uh, and then drug taking is, is an attempt for us to get back into our body. So there's a, I think there's a connection between uh, the rapidity of uh, the development of technology and drug use. Yeah, and not only that, but, you know, drug use and addictions of all kinds. Addictions that are not necessarily drugs, but uh, addictions to certain distractions and just addictions that lead to an unfulfilling life. A lot of it stems from people, you know, you'll, you'll talk to a lot of people who are simply depressed and unhappy. They feel like something's missing or they know that something is wrong or they think the world sucks. And it's like I encourage people to not suppress that with, you know, whatever your habits are that help fill that void or make you feel better. Question why and why and why and ask questions. And if you don't go crazy learning the truth in the process, you're likely to be empowered. You're likely to be empowered with knowledge and realize that you're a human being with the ability to affect real change in the world. And there are so many issues that need attention, and pick one, and you're set for life. Like, there are so many battles that need to be fought here, and people, I just encourage people to, to question things more often and search for the truth. And that's the danger. That's the danger that I'm trying to raise awareness with about the New Age movement now. Because you, you ask the questions, and, there, and there's the answers, but they're not always true. So we need to keep 
using our minds and using our logic and reason and try to understand, you know, things from a from a very logical perspective. You're 20 years old, did you say, Aaron? Yeah. 20. Wow. What do you what do you see yourself doing in 10 years? Well, I'm really I really love I really love music and I really love to play music and sing and it's a great it's a great outlet for me aside from from my direct activism and writing. So within 10 years I I hope to be doing public speaking as well as performing music and and writing and I I'm really into the arts so that's where I'll be. And uh in terms of activism, do you have any political aspirations? I do, I do, but I, I don't want to act like I'm not guilty of the fear because I've seen and I've watched what happens to a lot of people who gain a following and are in the spotlight, whether they're celebrities, either locally or globally. They speak out about stuff and they either get silenced or they get killed. So I'm trying to take things slow and I'm going to do whatever I can to uh, raise awareness about the issues that we've spoken about today from human rights, environmental rights, and, and even animal rights, that's a, that's a big thing for me as well. Um, I'm not sure how I'm going to go about it, but I'll use whatever medium I can to raise awareness. But have you have you considered the idea that that uh, politics is the last place uh, one would venture into if they were interested in making a difference? Well, uh, I don't know. It really it really depends on a number of things. I mean, I, I guess I've uh, I'm, I've become quite cynical in that regard. I consider myself to be a political atheist. I do have uh, political philosophies and I, I am I have ideology, but I do not subscribe to you know the parliamentary system or political systems. I just I think it's it's rigged. I think what we have are th- we have a one party system. We have three leaders that are all vying to be the CEO of the corporation. Oh yeah, and I mean as as far as that goes, I for anyone who still votes I don't know what to tell you. Uh, what I when I think about voting and when I think about looking up to politicians and people within government, uh, you know, as 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 individuals who can affect change within that platform, it's really difficult for me. You know, voting it's like it's like giving a a PlayStation controller to a toddler with no batteries in it, and they think they're doing something. They think they have a say. That's an excellent analogy. Listen, I, I wish we had more time, Aaron. I've really enjoyed uh, talking with you. I hope you'll stay in touch, and uh, we'll, we'll have you on again sometime. Great. Okay, I'm sorry the time flew by. I didn't know it. we already up at an hour. So. It, al- it always does. It's AaronJanus.com, E-R-I-N-J-A-N-U-S, AaronJanus.com. And uh, and good luck to you, and keep uh, keep up the good fight. Thanks, thanks for having me. All right, my pleasure, Aaron Janice. Uh, that's it for us. Another night has come and gone. My thanks, of course, to uh, Tim Spreen, Albert, and Eric, the interns, all of you listening at home. And uh, don't forget uh, the website richardserrett.com. Say hello on Twitter at Richard Serrett. Back with a brand new program next week. Hope you'll be on board. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite, I'm coming home. <laughs>